0: Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into a business-growing sales machine. It has the latest marketing, email, sales, SEO, and social media advice, and also has strategies and tips from the experts without fluff. Your host is Nick Truman. He's a Shopify expert and an education partner with the Shopify-approved course, 1000 Sales and Beyond. He's the CEO of JustAskParker.com, a global specialist marketing agency for shopify owners nick has over 13 years experience in digital marketing from ppc and seo through to digital transformation of businesses he's helped hundreds of brands from startup shopify stores through to international enterprises that operate in hundreds of countries nick will be sharing his knowledge and interview the experts to help you in your journey to success also don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode now here's your host nick truman
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Winning with Shopify podcast. For those of you who think Caroline sounds different, this isn't Caroline, this is Nick. I'm the new CEO here at Just Ask Parker. Caroline is currently on maternity leave, so she's still very much with us, but she's taken some time out because she's just had a baby. If you've missed the last couple of episodes of the podcast, please go back and have a listen. You can hear about all the changes that have been going on. We've also had a couple of interviews, and there's also been some other bits and pieces around advertising. Today, we've got a short, snappy podcast for you. It's just me, I'm afraid. There's nobody else here. But I'm going to be talking today about words and the power that words have. We're going to be talking a little bit about content and about how to write good content. But just before that, just to let everybody know, if you haven't subscribed already, please go and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or keep an eye on our website for new episodes coming out. We're going to be posting these episodes every Friday. So please keep an eye out please listen in. Check out our Facebook group as well. If you've got any Shopify-related questions, throw them on there. There's quite a big community that can help you out with bits and pieces. And I, myself, and various others in the Just Ask Parker team, we keep an eye out on that as well. So we'll be very happy to answer questions as they pop along and give you guys a nice bit of free support. So anyway, today I'm going to be doing a quick update on content and words. As you've probably seen from the title, words have power. So we've got to use words and content wisely. If we say the wrong thing, we're going to turn customers off, they're going to bounce off our website, it's not going to work. If we don't say enough, they're not going to understand what we do. So today I'm going to give you five things, five pieces of advice that I've picked up over the years in my career when it comes to writing good content. If anybody hasn't listened to the other podcasts as well, my experience is in SEO. So content is absolutely key to me and key to what I have done over the last 15 years in my career. So I've learned a thing or two about it, which we're going to share today. So point number one, as I said in the title, words have meaning, words have power. I'll give you an example of where a word can have a completely different meaning. So I've recently become the CEO of Just Ask Parker. But it wasn't as simple as me just saying, you know what, I'll be CEO. That sounds like a great title. I personally don't like The title. And Caroline and I were talking on a podcast a while ago about this specifically. And she gave me a nudge afterwards and said, You should do a podcast all about why you don't like being called the CEO. The reason is not because I dislike Just Ask Parker or the role or what I do here, or even the fact that I'm now involved. I'm actually delighted about that. It's been a fantastic move. I'm still running my consultancy in London called Spec, but I'm now at Just Ask Parker. So, why, of course, do I not like the job title CEO? Well, it's quite simple, really. In the UK, here, there are a lot of people walking around calling themselves CEOs. There's been an enormous movement here, as there has been across the rest of the world, called the startup movement. So, pre COVID 19 and the global pandemic starting up, there were a lot of businesses calling themselves startups. And there still are quite a few of these guys today. The reason I didn't like it is I was sort of before the startup era. I've been running a business for quite a while before that. I've run multiple businesses. I've sold businesses. I've bought companies. Done a whole lot of other stuff. And the reason I didn't like it is I worked so hard at all of these companies, you know, working around the clock for years and years and years to try and generate some revenue, employ some staff, and get things going. And then suddenly, and this will come onto my second point in a second as well. Suddenly, I find these people are walking around calling themselves CEO, and I think, wow. And in my head, I think of CEO as there's sort of one board of, of executives, which is where you find CEO, CFO, CTO, they sort of own the business and very much direct it. And then you have a board underneath called the board of directors. And the board of directors might be your finance director, your managing director, your operations director, a creative director, if you're a creative agency, you'll find all of that in the next level down. So suddenly, these, oh, there's always people calling themselves CEO. And then when I ask them a few questions, and I'll come on to questions later as well, because questions are an incredibly powerful piece of content to use and we'll come into that in a second when i started asking these guys questions i found that they're a ceo of an organization of one that barely exists yet that's currently just an idea that they're pursuing and so there's this little part of me where i've i've always struggled a little bit with my pride and there's a little part of me that for years has been looking at that saying it just annoys me i work so hard and i try to be really humble you know my job title in the uk is director And suddenly there's all these guys calling themselves CEO walking around. So no, the point is not that I like or don't like CEO or that I should or shouldn't be called that. It was just fit for purpose with Just Ask Parker. And actually a lot of our customers and a lot of you guys listening right now are based in the US, which actually CEO in the US means quite a different thing to what it means here in the UK. In the UK, we generally go by the term director. It's the same as Australia. In Australia, you'd be called director. But in the US, when I said to somebody I was a director, the response I got was, what kind of films do you shoot? And a very strange look followed that question. And I said, what do you mean what films? And then suddenly connected the dots and worked out, he thinks I'm a film director. He doesn't realize I'm a company director. Again, different terminology in different places means different things. So bringing that back to website content, if you sell in different countries, you absolutely need to have a think about different languages you offer, as well as different currencies. So, one of the things that's going to really put people off when they land on your website is if they see a Google shopping ad that says, this product costs this much in pounds, because I'm sitting in London, and then I click on it and find out it's actually that amount in dollars, or even in a currency where it's going to cost me more than that in pounds. If I was, for example, seeing it was going to be $20, and then I click on it and find out it's 25 pounds, well, 25 pounds is quite a lot more than $20. So when it comes to content and locations, for example, in different countries, uh, different geographic areas, you need to be very careful about what you call things. For example, we launched a US business in the UK quite a few years ago. They were one of our clients. We were doing all the SEO, PPC. We designed bits of the website. We did some of the coding for them. And in the US, they would call it pants and jewelry. And in the UK, we would call it trousers. And we'd still call it jewelry, but we'd spell it differently. There's always this argument over who's correct and that sort of thing. I'm not going to get into that today. But anyway, just to make the point that words carry a huge amount of meaning. So actually, if you are quite an American brand and you're selling internationally, or you're quite a British brand selling internationally, actually using the British in other countries, if that's part of your brand, can be quite powerful. My point really is make sure you have a think about it and come up with the right solution you think is going to work for your audience. The second point today is about words in priority. So which order should you put certain sentences, words, pieces of content on a page? One of the other podcasts we've done was an interview with my good friend, Chris Marshall from Onstate. And we were talking about how do you optimize a page when somebody clicks on Google Shopping and they land on a Google Shopping page, a product page on your website. It's the first page they've ever seen on your business. Yet the first thing they're probably going to see is a product image, a price, and a buy now button. They don't know anything about your business. So actually, one of the challenges with an e-commerce website, especially in Shopify, is how do you position that page that if somebody landed on a product page, they can make a buying decision? So again, point number two is all about priority. What you probably want to do is list out all the things you want to say on this page and then possibly even number them or even put a sort of one, two, three, one being a top priority, three being a low priority against all of these things. And then you can start to build a bit of an order on that page of how this content should work. It's generally quite easy to do on the homepage because you'll have to do that approach anyway. But again, thinking about e-commerce, certainly from SEO and PPC, from Facebook ads, that sort of thing, people are going to be landing on products. So we need to optimize those pages as much as we can. Point number three, the power of questions. A question that two different people might ask in exactly the same scenario. And you can see the difference in the power of how they word those questions to themselves. So two people that aren't doing as well as they possibly could. That's the scenario. The first person asks themselves the question, why am I failing? So instantly they're using terminology like fail and they're looking for a reason as to why they are failing. Obviously the outcome here is they want to move forward, but they're using really negative language. Why am I failing? It's very much a very direct, it's a looking in the mirror type question. Why am I failing? It's really negative. You can't ask that and smile. You certainly won't ask that and then feel super motivated to actually improve whatever the reason is that you're failing. You know, and as I'm saying, I'm actually struggling to put a smile on my own face, even saying that whilst trying to acknowledge the fact I want to put a smile on my face. The second person, same scenario. We've cloned the same human being. So we've got two of exactly the same people, exactly the same scenario. But the second question is, why am I not doing better yet? Which is a completely different way of phrasing. It's pretty much the same question. Something's wrong and I want to find out the solution to what's wrong. But the question they ask is, why am I not doing better yet? The yet at the end of the question instantly is now leading you. I mean, there's a phrase in the Bible that that I use a lot with content seek and you shall find. Whatever you look for, you will find. And I don't think anyone can disagree with that, regardless of your religious beliefs. And we're not going to get into that today. It's not that that kind of podcast. Um, But why am I not doing better yet? So if you put the word yet at the end, that suggests that I am going to be doing better very, very shortly. What I'm looking for now is to change my strategy to get to how I am going to be doing better. So why am I not doing better yet? Is there something else that's preventing me from doing better? I'm going to find that thing, knock it down with a sledgehammer, and then I'm going to be doing better. And again, you can apply this to your website content. All the content you write is going to be used by humans. So try and speak on your website like a human. If you just be incredibly sort of uh, focused on the specifications and the specifics and the numbers, it's going to be quite dry content. A lot of the Just Ask Parker clients, a lot of the guys that listen to this podcast, a lot of you tuning in now will be in the B2C e-commerce world, business to consumer. You have normal people buying your products, not other businesses. And with that in mind, everything you sell is going to be quite a lifestyle, creative, fun type thing. Certainly all the Just Ask Parker clients, you know, they're selling accessories for pets or days out at your favorite local restaurants and things like this and products or fashion accessories you can wear or t-shirts you can buy. So if you just use really dry content, you just say, this T-shirt is a medium and things like that, it's going to be really boring. But the more you start to use questions, but using them obviously in the right place, using questions in the right way within content can be incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I think you can also use them to challenge your customers. So if you sell a product that's eco-friendly, or it's good for the planet, or it's trying to make an enormous social difference or a social change in the world, and there's certainly a lot of that going on at the moment, which is brilliant to see. Every day when I turn on the news, there's a smile on my face saying, this is a great movement. I'm supporting this. And it's good to see. So let's bring that into our website content. So maybe the question is, how can I help save the planet? And then under that piece of content on your product page, it says something along the lines of, every time you buy from us, we plant 100 trees. Or every, every 100 pounds you spend with us, we plant 1,000 trees on your behalf. So buying products from us is helping the planet. So using that question to hook them in, how can I help the planet? Well, if you buy from us, you will be helping the planet. And we have a very, very serious way of doing that and helping you with that. Point number four of my list of five that I'm going to share today, I could probably do 500 if I had time, but I want to keep it short and snappy and give you some very quick things to do. So point number four is about keeping it snappy. There's a really good technique I did on a content writing course years ago. I can't remember the name of the course. Otherwise, I would love to mention them and you could all go and check it out. It was organized by somebody else in my business. I just sort of turned up on the day with a notepad and a pen and had an absolutely fantastic time. And this piece of advice they gave us was, can you write a story? And I forget the exact number of words, but it was, can you write an entire story in four or five words? Again, I can't remember the exact technique, but the principle I remember very clearly, and I still apply in everything I do, especially when you're writing headlines on a web page. So if you're putting in sort of H2 tags throughout the page, little sort of subheadings with little sections of content, a really, really good thing to do is this technique. And the technique is this. Write down a long sentence or even three or four sentences about what you want to say in this heading. So we did this with the short stories. We wrote down, I think it was three sentences, a beginning. So there was a boy called Dave, and then there'd be a sort of second part of this. Dave had a problem, which was this. And then part three would then be the ending. Everything's now fine. And that's a good technique to use. So if you're writing a piece of content on your website, why not write down three sentences that specify who I'm trying to write this for, or what I think the problem is that this piece of content's going to solve. Then write down something along the lines of how we solve it. And then write a third thing of what's the real benefit to somebody. And then what you want to do, and this is the real key to this technique, is you want to go through and start deleting words, as I specified with the sort of four or five words stories, you want to break this down into this few words as possible. So a, a very classic thing people do is instead of using um, the word and a and d, you can use an ampersand. Instead of using uh, from this to this, you just write the first word hyphen the second word. So you could put naught hyphen a hundred or naught dollars hyphen a hundred dollars to say that our pricing range is from zero dollars to a hundred the more short and snappy you make it and i explain more on my fifth points it's specifically about when to use the right level of content but to make it short and snappy start deleting words maybe say okay these five words here i could summarize that with a single word so i'm going to pull those five words into one so for example in the short stories one of the things that i remember really clearly was the first sentence where you introduce the character and possibly sort of you're not at the problem yet, but certainly the character, rather than saying there once was a man called Dave or there once was a boy called Dave, rather than saying that, you just put Dave. Because now the reader knows there's someone called Dave. And actually, when we were going back through the sentences, it was irrelevant how old Dave was or where he was. It might be relevant depending on the scenario, but for these specific short stories, it wasn't relevant. So we just used the word Dave, super simple. Now, my final point, which kind of flows on from that as well, is about a book I read a while ago. And again, I'm so sorry, but I forgot the name of the book. I'd gone out for the day on the train and I would bought this book when I was out somewhere and I read it in an hour, just skim reading through it, picking up all the nuggets that were in it. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was all about writing simple content. And it was written from the position of a lawyer or an attorney, as they're called in the US. But it was written from a legal perspective where all legal documents, so all contracts, uh, terms and conditions, privacy policies, They're all really, really boring. There's so many words. They over-explain everything. So this guy had come up with these three levels of content. And I've adapted these a little bit into my own three levels and how I think they work with websites. But the principle was this. Level one is short and snappy. So almost what I would call an alert. Now, an alert would be two or three words as a heading on a web page somewhere. So it might say, um, Delivery info would be your alert. And I might even just pull that down to just delivery or deliver with a small little icon of a van delivering a product. So the alert level would just be the word delivery. Level two of our three levels would be info, as I call it. So that's where you put in some information saying, okay, our our delivery is three to five working days. We dispatch the same day and it costs $10 per item for our delivery, for example. That's the info. Or it might vary across different states or different countries or different areas of the country or different areas of the world. It'll differ. And you put all that information in there and someone can go, right, I'm based in London, in the UK. Delivery is going to cost me $10 to get it here. And it's going to take me up to 14 working days because it's got to come all the way from another country. So that's the info level. That's level two. And then level three is contractual. So that is the contract. That's the T's and C's. So what this lawyer had done is he had taken what was just contractual and nothing else. And he had, on every single legal document he ever made after he came up with this concept, he had put a summary on the first page of every contract to summarize all the key information in this document, how long this contract lasts, what it costs, who needs to sign it, what date is active from and to, and what happens, you know, what's the notice period if we want to end the contract early. He'd put that really clearly And then he even got a UX designer or a graphic designer, as they're known to most people, to actually design that first page. So it was super simple. The right things were standing out. The attention was in the right places on that page. And then you could dive straight from level one to level three to read the rest of the contract if you wanted. Now, legally, and I know this in the UK, legally, if you put anything on that first page of the document, if anything else in the document differs to that, the person that signs it can take either of those options. So even if it was incorrect, what was written later on, compared to what was on the first page, absolutely fine from a legal perspective. It'll vary across the world. Please don't tell that's legal advice because I'm not a lawyer. But the point being, there are three levels of content, alert, info, and contractual. Now, what you want to do with your website is you want to try and avoid contractual as much as possible. You want to make sure your alert content, the level one content, is short, snappy, and simple, which we've already spoken about. Quick headings, a couple of words here, a couple of words there. And then the info, you want to make the info nice and presentable. So what you don't want is 10 big paragraphs of content anywhere on a retail website, on an e-commerce site. It's not going to work. Even on a blog post, if you have 10 paragraphs of text, what you want to work on is what subheadings we're going to put in front of each paragraph to explain what the paragraph is. And now the reader can go through and skim to the places they want to read. You might also want to consider bullet points or numbered lists. I do this a huge amount with any content I'm writing, just so it's super simple. And we try and make sure we never have any more than five or six bullet points in any one go. If we've got more than that, well, let's go for multiple lists because then it's really simple. Again, on that level two content on the info side of things, be able to break down and find out how to get that information really quickly. Again, something else we were talking about on the podcast with Chris from Onstate was just about getting somebody else to play on your website. Don't tell them anything. Don't answer any of their questions. Just watch them use your website, even friends, family, the really good thing to do is, and I was thinking about this after we recorded the podcast, but a really good thing to do is to get somebody, like I I asked my nan to play with one of our websites the other day. She has no idea how the internet works, absolutely no idea. And I asked her to click around. I said, just speak out loud, everything you're thinking, looking at, just speak out loud and try and buy a product on this website. And she was clicking around. It took her a little while, but she did manage to do it. And when every time I thought she got stuck, and this is one of Chris's points was, I asked her a question, what are you expecting to see or read or what were you expecting to happen at this point? And she would then say, Well, I was kind of expecting it to go into my cart. And then I said, Well, no, you've clicked the add to wish list button. So now I know it's not clear which ones buy and which one's wish list. And then you also want to get somebody who's super savvy on technology, really, really short, quick attention span, someone like myself. I get very bored on websites very, very quickly because I know the difference between a good website and a bad website in terms of how it works and how I want the website to work. But equally, it's all about your audience. So understand your audience, write some good content. I hope this has been useful for you all. Again, we're going to be posting every Friday, every single week now. So keep tuning in. If you've got any ideas about podcasts, please let us know, um, or any guests that want to come on the podcast, please do reach out. I've got quite a long list of of, of guests to come on for interviews in the next few months, but I'm always looking for more. So if you want to be on the podcast, please let me know. Equally, go and plug into our Facebook group or check out our website if you need any support on your marketing. But thanks for listening today, and stay safe, and I'll catch you all again soon. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Sign up for free for the Shopify-approved marketing course at 1000salesandbeyond.com and get our show notes at justaskparker.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. See you next time.